Hello and welcome back to the Gopher Report podcast. My name is Connor Stevens with Minnesota Rivals and the Gopher Report. And with me is Alex Carlson, film analyst for the Gopher Report. Going into this week, the Minnesota Golden Gophers are taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Florida Rosedale. Minnesota leads the all-time series 62-2-48. Iowa's currently on a four-game winning streak, and Minnesota hasn't won at Kinnick Stadium in 20 years. Alex, what are your thoughts on uh, Minnesota needing to travel to Iowa uh, to get their 10th win of the season and possibly win there for the first time in 20 years? So I went to a Iowa Hawkeyes game at Kinnick Stadium when I was about 15 years old. Um, granted, it's been it's been over 10 years since since that day. But what I will tell you is that Kinnick Stadium is no joke in terms of opposing places to play. It is one of the toughest. I think Iowa, especially being the only team in town, essentially, you know, they don't have a pro team. Everyone goes all out. And now that the Gophers especially got the big win against Penn State last week and, and now have gotten some love you know, from the college football show and, and from the media. I expect Minnesota has a target on their back, and I think Iowa is going to come out more motivated than probably ever in terms of just trying to get an upset here and, and, and you know, like I said, and put their name back on the notice. And Iowa has a history of knocking off top 10 teams and ranked teams at their stadium, even if they're not having the best year. And Minnesota right now is the number eight team in the country. They're a top 10 team going into Kinnick. So it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, that's always going to be in the back of their head. And this Minnesota team, although they've proven a lot and although they've had a lot of firsts, they haven't won in Iowa in 20 years. So they got a tall task ahead of them trying to bring Floyd to Rosedale back to Minnesota for the first time since 2014. Before Alex and I break down what the Gophers need to do to come away from Iowa City with a victory, the Gopher Report's Mark Schofield graces our podcast with an Iowa scouting report. This is Mark Schofield for the Gopher Report with a quick look at the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I want to start on the defensive side of the ball because my main takeaway from watching Iowa's defense over a couple of games was that against Wisconsin, they just got bullied up front. They got pushed around. They struggled to get off of blocks. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that Minnesota has a chance to really run the ball at this defensive front. Now, Part of that might be due to the fact that Wisconsin has a very good and cohesive offensive line. We'll talk about them, of course, in a couple of weeks. But when I'm watching Chauncey Golston, their defensive end, number 57, get bowled back six, seven yards off the ball. When I'm watching some of their other guys, like A.J. Epinesa, number 94, their other edge, get caught cheating inside and getting bullied inside in the run game. When I'm watching some of these interior defensive linemen get pushed around. When I'm watching their linebackers, Dylan Doyle. Barrington Wade, Jack Campbell, Demon Culver get pushed around and fail to shed blockers on the second level. There are opportunities to run the football against this Iowa Hawkeyes defense. The group seems to lack a bit of speed. I think you can get to the edge on them. And I think the Minnesota run game will be in position to have a good day on Saturday. The secondary has some players. A guy that I really liked watching when I got a chance to study them is cornerback Matt Hankins, number eight. Very aggressive against the run, good man coverage skills, very active hands before and after the catch. If the Minnesota receivers make a catch in his area, they have to wrap the ball up because he's more than willing to try to punch it out of your hands. So he's a very good man coverage defender. They've got some other players in the secondary that can play as well. And I really think the way to attack this Iowa defense is on the ground running the ball. One thing to note 
against Michigan, this Iowa defense did get some pressure on Shea Patterson. They hit him a couple of times, got a couple of sacks against him. But I think that was more due to the fact that Patterson would hold on to the ball too long rather than the Iowa defenders getting good pressure. So Tanner Morgan needs to get his reads done quickly and get the ball out of his hands. Don't hold on to the football like Patterson did against this defense. Now the Iowa offense, interesting group. Again, my main takeaway was this. Iowa historically is a very good zone blocking team. It's their sort of bread and butter scheme, inside outside zone. In years past, the Iowa offensive lines have been so cohesive at running zone concepts. This group, not as cohesive. In their game against Purdue, Beth Mowens said that an Iowa runner was caught from behind so many times in that game. And it was really just because offensive linemen were letting quick inside interior pressure get past them. And it would stop from behind these running plays, these outside zone plays from getting going. So the Minnesota defense has a chance to do the same thing that teams like Purdue and Michigan and Wisconsin are doing. Get inside of these guys, beat them to the inside when they run zone stuff, and then chase runs down from behind. Nate Stanley is an interesting quarterback. I know come draft season, I'm going to be talking about him a lot because he'll get a senior bowl invite. He can throw some routes extremely well. If you need somebody to throw a band-aid post route, he might be at the top of your list. But he also is susceptible to mechanical breakdowns when he faces pressure. So if you can get inside pressure, penetration on him, you can force some poor throws. Interesting group of running backs. You kind of got a, a thunder and lightning approach to it. You're going to see the thunder back, the guy that they rely on the most, Torin Young, number 28, downhill type runner, pretty effective on zone and interior gap and power designs. Makai Sargent, number 10. He's more of a lightning type guy. They use him as a third down back. They use him on screens and some draw plays. You know, he can make people miss in space. He can run through smoke, but he's more of a quick change of direction guy, whereas Yon is your downhill runner. And then there's the wild card. Freshman Tyler Godson, number 15. They use him as a running back. They will also line him outside in the slot. They will run crossers with him. They like to get him the ball in space, and he's very effective at running crossing routes underneath. They also have a fullback to mention, Brady Ross, number 36. If he's in the field, chances are he's going to lead you to the football. Against Wisconsin, they were more effective running outside zone out of an eye formation with him as a lead blocker because that would put him in position to pick up any quick penetration and would negate some of their difficulties and giving up quick inside penetration, as I was just talking about. Amir Smith-Marset, number six, he's their best receiver. He's the guy where Stanley's going to look to. If he gets pressured, he's going to look for six. If he has to roll out, if he has to turn into a scramble draw situation, he's going to look for six. So you want to make sure he's covered. Another receiver mentioned, Tyrone Tracy, a dangerous target for Stanley. Good ball tracking skills, very good hands. He can do some stuff in the vertical game as well. Brandon Smith, number 12. He was injured against Purdue late in that game. He's probably not going to be back, but if he makes a return to the field for this one, you're going to want to keep an eye on him as well. But those are my thoughts on Iowa. I think this is a game that Minnesota can win, and it will set them up for a great final stretch. Again, that was Mark Schofield breaking down the Gophers' upcoming opponent. He just put out a really good scouting notebook on the Gopher Report for Iowa, and he puts those out every week. You'll have a really hard time being surprised about anything the Hawkeyes do on Saturday if you head over to TGR and check that out. Next, we're going to go into Alex and I's three keys to Gopher victory, what the Gophers are going to need to do in Iowa City to come away with the Florida Rosedale trophy that they haven't had in a while. Uh, my first key is the Gophers have to score first. 
Uh, this is an Iowa Hawkeyes team that is very, very content with keeping you off the field and off the scoreboard. Once they get the ball on offense, they're going to be killing the clock and they don't have the most explosive offense, but their defense has been fantastic this year in terms of holding opponents uh, to not many points. So I think scoring first for Minnesota, setting the tone, being ready right out the gate is something that's going to be really important for Minnesota, especially with an upset-minded Iowa Hawkeyes team. Alex, uh, anything to add on to that one? No, I, I I completely agree. I think as you I think as you showed, I think that Iowa is a team that's very complacent at playing the tight knit games. They don't they don't care to to do, you know, dominate you or throw the ball or score 35 points their main objective is to win however whatever it takes and like you said they're a team that's totally fine winning a 10 to 7 game and that's not something that you know will pressure them or phase their or change their play calling by any means so i, I totally agree there first or key to victory for minnesota it, it sounds basic it sounds cliche but it's just don't turn the ball over you know, I think last week when the Gophers were playing Penn State, one of the keys to victory for Minnesota when you're trying to, to pull off upset is to turn the other team over. Similarly, in this way, when you're not trying to get upset, it's don't turn the ball over. You have to win the turnover battle. Um, in terms of, of an offensive you know, game plan, Iowa is 99th in the country in points per game at only 24.1. Um, as you said, they're really not a team that's very explosive on offense. I mean, in terms of running the ball, they're 95th in the country at 139 yards a game. So, you know, this is a team that doesn't have a super explosive or steady offense. And and if they're going to pull off this game and, and upset the Gophers, they're going to have to need to try to turn us over and they're going to have to try to, you know, get short field positions and, you know, really make the game difficult. Key to victory number one for Minnesota, just win the turnover battle or at least come out even, you know, don't turn the ball over and give Iowa short fields and easy chances. Yeah, and I think they need to find a happy medium between pushing the pace and really testing this Iowa defense and controlling the clock because that's what Minnesota wants to do and that's what they like to do. But Iowa is going to be happy with a slow-paced game uh, and something that takes a lot of pressure off their offense. And if they can keep it low scoring, they're going to have a better chance of winning. And if they're going to put points up, like you said, the offense hasn't been great this year, so probably going to come on some short field situations. Uh, So turning the ball over is going to be something that if Minnesota can avoid that, that's going to definitely be in their best interest uh, to come away uh, with a road victory. Uh, My next key to the game is pressuring Nate Stanley. The reason for this is that he is a dramatically different quarterback when he's facing pressure. His pass rating is 39.7 on such throws, which ranks 15th among qualifying passers in the conference. That's more than there are Big Ten teams. His passing grade drops to 31.2. He's been pressured on 32.2% of his dropbacks this year, so teams have figured that out a little bit. And his passer grade jumps up to 90.2 when he's not pressured. So I think that's something that Minnesota is going to key on right away. They're going to try to get him under pressure, uh, just like a lot of other teams in the conference have done uh, somewhat successfully so far this season. I think, and and I'm gonna jump like basically right on your back here, Connor. Um, one of my second key to victory is gonna be mix up, mix up coverages on the back end. I think it's worth noting that Nate Stanley is a fourth year senior who's played a lot of football. I mean, against Minnesota even last year, Iowa put up 48 points. If you remember, they were chucking it all over the yard. You know, he's a guy who's played a lot of football, and if you just show up in your base coverage and and you know, and just just show him what he wants to see, then he's going to make you pay for it. I think what's going to have to do with Joe Rossi, he doesn't have a split. They have to mix up coverages on the back end, they have to show one coverage and back out and go to another. Keep him guessing on the back end so that once you get them in the situations where maybe the third and longs or second and longs where you have them, 
you know, in a defensive situation. Um, you, you keep mixing it up on the back end, so he's not sitting back there just knowing where he wants to go. Keep him guessing. Keep him holding on the ball, like you said, where he's not as good, um, and then force him to make some some bad decisions. And I think one area that Iowa is lacking this year is what their biggest strength was last year, and that's the tight ends. TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant were both first-round picks that shredded the Minnesota secondary, uh, and they were a big part of the 48 points that you just mentioned at TCF Bank last stadium. This year's tight ends, a uh, group of three of them, Nate Waitling, Sean Beyer, and Sam Laporta, have a combined 14 catches and no touchdowns. So that's a dimension from the Iowa pass game that is uh, lacking, and it's something that historically has been a strength for them. So they're going to have to be, like you said, they're going to have to be mixing up the coverages to deal with uh, their different, their other receivers like Tyrone Tracy and Amir Smith-Marset, who are more the deep threats of the group. Uh, and then Nico Regini is, uh, he's a guy that lines up 91% of the time in the slot and leads the team in targets and receptions despite being fourth in yards. Uh, so, so I agree. I think the different things that Rossi's doing to get his guys involved, including, uh, playmakers like Antoine Winfield is going to be really important. My next key is that Minnesota needs to get the pass game going. I was a really good defense and they're pretty stout against the run. And Minnesota has, like we saw last week, some nationally re- renowned receivers in Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. And I think those th- uh, two guys and then also Chris Ottman-Bell are going to be a key for the Gophers in this game. If it turns into a high-scoring affair, if Minnesota puts up close to 30 points like they did against Penn State this past week, it's going to be tough for Iowa to keep up with them. Uh, and the fastest way to do that is having success through the air. And I think that's going to be a huge key for Minnesota in this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just talked about how good I was defensively, you know, in a point per game basis, fourth in the country. You know, I know Penn State was fourth last week. And of course, there's always some games early on in the season that you know, help inflate that. But long story short, I was a good defensive team. Um, you know, Minnesota is going to need balance, especially going forward in this game in order to open up the run game as they like they do want to do. And then obviously take advantage when when I was showing proper looks. Um, my third key to victory is going to be special teams. Um, even just from a net punting perspective, Jacob Herbert is 15th of 16 in terms of net punting. Um, I was Michael Sleep Dalton is 7th. So a little bit of a difference there. Kind of similarly, just going back to the field position battle, it's it's one of those games where Minnesota can't afford to give Iowa short fields. You know, even last week, the first kickoff out of the game, um, Grant Ryers kicks it out of bounds against Penn State and gives them both the, you know, the 35 or the 40-yard line. If, if you know if you want to win games, that can't be something you do consistently. You can't give your opponent short fields. So Jacob Herbert is need to do, and our punt you know punt team is going to need to do a great job of of kicking it deep, getting down there, not allowing Smith Marset and, and some other playmakers to get out in space because he can make you pay. Um, and then similarly, you know Demetrius Douglas. It sounds it sounds simple, but you got to catch the punts. You got to catch the punts, and not give them extra yardage um, that they might get from rolls or allow, allow them to you know pin you deep inside your own ten. Yeah, and the field position battle, like like we've talked about, when it's when you're going up against a team like Iowa that I don't want to say is offensively challenged, but uh, they rely a little bit on how good their defense is pinning guys deep so they can get good field position afterwards. You can't really allow that because that's just going to put them in the situations that they want to be in. Minnesota's got to control the game to some extent. If Iowa's getting stops, uh, Minnesota's punting early. Like you talked about, Herbers doesn't have the best net average. He's been solid putting it inside the 20 when Minnesota's 
uh, had some decent drives, but haven't been able to complete it. But when they have to punt in their own territory, he usually doesn't have the best leg to get it to flip fields uh, where Iowa has so far this year. So I, I think that's definitely a big key and something I agree with. What is your score prediction for the game, Alex? I know last week you had the Gophers taking down Penn State. Uh, I did not. Uh, I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are on Minnesota's road matchup. Will they get their first win at Kinnick Stadium for the first time in 20 years? What are your thoughts there? My prediction is yes. Yes, they will. I think when you look at a team like Minnesota, um, you only turn the ball over about we turn them over 1.1 times a game. It's only about once a game. Team that that likes to establish the run. They are a team that plays it safe quite a bit. You know, I they don't do too much in terms of putting their team in bad positions. You know, from a play calling standpoint as well. When you are trying to pull off an upset, you have to you know you have to like I said turn over their team. Or Minnesota is not a team that turns it over very often. And so I think that Minnesota is going to win the game. It's, it's not going to be easy. I go 31-21 Gophers. I also have a Gopher victory after my, I have a 27-17 Gopher win. I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think Iowa's defense is going to be a little bit more of a test than Penn State. The six O-lineman package that Minnesota brought out last game was something that they hadn't shown in the past. I think Iowa's going to be a little bit more prepared for something different that Minnesota could throw at them, but I just think the offense is going to be too much for Iowa to handle. And with more points being scored than they're comfortable with, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. Uh, if this is a low-scoring battle, I was as good as anybody, and they could beat almost any team that comes to play them, especially at Kinnick. Uh, so it's going to definitely be a close and interesting game. But I have the Gophers overcoming their past demons at Kinnick Stadium and winning 27-17. Before we close out the show, I want to go through the TGR lines. Uh, they are individual Gopher stat lines that our Minnesota Rival subscribers will vote on for a chance to win one additional free month to their Minnesota Rival subscription. Uh, first, the over-under for passing yards for Minnesota right now is set at 250. Rushing yards for Rodney Smith set at 84.5. Receiving yards for Rashad Bateman up from last week is 70.5, up to 79.5 now. Over-under on total points, same as last week, 23.5 for Minnesota. Over-under for total yards for Iowa is 350, which is just below their yards per game average of 381.8 right now. Uh, Over-under for penalties for Minnesota, 2.5. We're going to go at it again. Last week I set a .5 interception line for Antoine Winfield Jr., and he had two. Uh, Over-under set at five pressures for Carter Coughlin. He's been rushing the passer extremely effectively this season. A uh, .5 turnover margin in Minnesota's favor is where the line's at there. Uh, and then also 1.5 sacks allowed for Minnesota is the line. And that's where Iowa really got to them last year defensively. Uh, they were able to rush passer with Anthony Nelson and A.J. Epinesa. Nelson is gone now, but Epinesa is a guy that they'll have to watch. 